you have your Bibles today, John chapter 5. I want to say a great big welcome to our guests that are with us this morning. May God richly bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. We're glad to have you here in the house of the Lord on this Sunday morning. John chapter 5. I'm going to read nine verses beginning with verse 1 down through verse number 9. Tonight we will be hearing about some of the events of this week. Some of the great things that the Lord has done. On an average week, it doesn't take much for me to um, break down and start squalling like a little baby. After this week, I think I cried half the way home yesterday. Our conversations in the car and all the way home. Till we finally arrived in Frankfurt, and what a welcome sight at 2 a.m. it was. So uh, our physical bodies are feeling the trip. Uh, someone once said, if you want to stay young, hang around young people. If you want to get old, try to keep up with them. I tried to keep up with them. It doesn't work. We had a good trip, a good week. We'll be talking about that tonight, sharing with you some of the events of the week, but it doesn't take much right now to set me off, because I am so full of faith, so full of the Holy Ghost, so full of the presence of God, that it wouldn't take much for me just to have a Holy Ghost fit up here right about now. There is a powerful, powerful presence of the Lord here, and we have been in the most powerful services that we have ever, ever been a part of, and I thank the Lord for giving us the opportunity to be part of something so great. This great church of the living God is so much bigger than what we are, and you feel so small. I rejoice. I rejoice in what God has done. I want to steal the thunder for tonight. John chapter 5, verse number 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Didn't matter. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity, thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that it had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. 
Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked on the same day was the Sabbath. I'm going to preach by the help of the Lord for a little while this morning from this title, Don't Miss Your Moment. Don't miss your moment. I've got a feeling this morning, and I, I know that you haven't been where I have been this week. And had you have been here, we probably wouldn't even be this far into the into the service this morning because where we have been in heavenly places, I, I can't help but just just want to just stop and just worship the Lord. But I got a feeling today that if you will respond to what God wants to do, that there could be miracles happen in this house this morning. People could receive their healing this morning. People could receive a touch from God this morning. If you would respond to what God is wanting to do today. Lord, in your name, we call right now asking you, Send the unction of the Holy Ghost upon your word today as we preach what you laid upon our heart yesterday. And I pray right now for every heart of every hearer this morning to receive the word of the Lord and to respond to what you are wanting to do. Your power and your glory may be manifest in this building. Miracle signs and wonders may transform lives today that people may be filled to overflowing with the baptism of your spirit. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. As we were driving home yesterday, <coughs> I was in conversation with my family, particularly <coughs> in conversation with Dylan, as we were driving home and the Lord spoke this message into my spirit in mid-conversation. I started crying in the car and they didn't know what was wrong. Of course, I had been doing that pretty much all the way home. And it wasn't just me, it was all of us. We had our moments all the way home as we were talking about the Lord and what he's done this week. The Lord began to move on me as I was driving. I thought I was going to have to pull the car over on the side of the road as the Holy Ghost began to speak to me and began to minister to me as I was driving. So this message this morning is just that. I arrived at 2 a.m. I didn't sit in my office for hours and have a whole lot of time to work on notes and creating this message in a slick and fancy way. But I feel like it is a message from the Lord to this congregation this morning that God is wanting to speak today. How often do opportunities come our way and moments come our way and we fail to recognize the moment? We miss the moment. I've heard it said over and over again the importance of timing. Sometimes it is 
Things can be right but done at the wrong time. And it can be even detrimental. It could prevent things from moving forward. But understanding the importance of timing and knowing just when and just how. The reason that a great baseball player is able to hit the ball out of the park, it has somewhat to do with their strength and bat speed and all of those things. But so much of it has to do with timing. Because without timing, their timing being dead on, to make connection with that ball in a split second, to know exactly when to make that connection. Some people say it is luck, but I find that those who continually knock the ball out of the park, it must be more than just luck. It's something about an intuition of timing, to be able to pace the swing and the timing of their rotation of that bat. As that pitcher unleashes, unleashes that ball at 90 plus, approaching 100 miles per hour. And that batter comes around with that bat and at the right time they meet and connect. That's why the great batters often will hit the ball out at the same area of the arena every time that they play on the field. They will often hit the ball out in it within just a few feet of where they hit the last one out and over and over again. It has to do with an intuition of timing of a split, sec, uh, uh, a split se- second and at a, moment's, uh, at, at a moment's pace that they make that right connection. I was thinking on these things yesterday as I was realizing the number of times that we are in a service and in the moving of the Lord, whether it be a prayer meeting or Sunday morning or Sunday night service. God begins to move. The Holy Ghost begins to flow. And there is a moment in which that God is calling us to respond. And if we respond in that moment at the right time, what will happen is that an overflow of the Holy Ghost will move. But we often can miss that moment and we can move on with service and that moment not be uh, relived again. And then we live with regrets. I don't know about you today, but I don't want to live with regrets. I don't want to miss the moment that God prepares for me. I don't want to miss those moments. I I want to take every moment. We could talk about moments today. and How that those just at the right time. When everything comes together. And it is just the right moment. We were here in service this morning. as This group began to lead us in worship. And we began to sing. There was... There was a space of time this morning that the thought crossed my mind, I may not be preaching today. And the reason was is because we had created an atmosphere in the presence of God that if some that had needs in this place would have responded in that moment, God would have been able to perform what He wants to do without even me having to stand in this pulpit and preach. 
And it was confirmation for what I was going to preach this morning. And I thought for a minute, man, I I got a message I want to preach today. And, And the Lord said, no, it is about the moment. And it's about what God is wanting to do. Uh, as, as they were singing and worship began to break out and people began to respond, there was a moment that I'm going to refer to today as the troubling of the water. There was a moment and a season in the service already today that God began to sweep in and began to move and began to manifest Himself. Now, I'm not suggesting today that we've missed our moment because perhaps the greatest moment for this service has not yet arrived. But what I do want to preach to you today is that if you came in this building with a need and you came in this building, whether you have sickness, whether you have financial need, whether you have emotional need, relational need, a situation in your home, family, life, whatever it may be, I want you to understand something today. When the water gets troubled, we need to get in the flow of what God is wanting to do. Look at your neighbor and tell them don't miss this moment. When we miss our moment, we are preventing ourselves from being able to truly receive what God has for us. What causes a man or a woman to miss their moment? Much like the man in our text today, our situation becomes a normal way of life. For 38 long years, this man laid by the pool Bethesda. And every time that the water was troubled, he would try to get up and make his way in. It had all after 38 years, I would venture to say that this man had a routine. There was a daily routine that somebody would come by. You see the pool of Bethesda where people would go and they would lay around the pool waiting for the troubling of the water. It is where benevolent folk would go and they would take care of those who were needy. They would drop a little alm in. They would drop a, few, a little change in their cup to get them a little bite to eat and take care of them because it's what the culture did in that day. The man's sick. The impotent man who was sick, who had been there for 38 years, had become somewhat comfortable in his sickness. It had become a normal way of life. It wasn't that the man did not want healing. If he didn't want healing, he wouldn't even be by the pool of Bethesda. He would have perhaps been at another location in the city. But he went to a place where he knew that healings were known to have happened. And he laid by the pool of Bethesda knowing that he was at a place where that a miracle could take place in his life. He knew he had seen it happen. He had witnessed it with his own two eyes. He had watched as people had gotten in the water. Perhaps lepers had been cleansed. Perhaps lame people had walked again. Perhaps blinded eyes had been opened. Perhaps whatever disease or sickness. The the Bible said there were people there with all manner of sickness and disease. And when they got in the water, they were were made whole. And so here this man is. He He's not doing the wrong thing. He was at the right place and he was there at the right time. 
It wasn't that he missed the moment for not being there. He was there. He was at the right place. He was even there at the right time. But when the moment of truth came, he missed every moment that came to him. I wonder today how often you and I come to an apostolic service and the Holy Ghost begins to move and God begins to flow in the house and we're at the right place and we're there at the right time. But there are things that get in our way of us allowing God to be able to perform the miracle in our life that we have been wanting and believing God for. I wouldn't begin this morning to try to tell you the number of services that I personally have set through when I know that I wanted to dance in the Spirit. I wanted to. I wanted God to move. I wanted this to happen or that to happen. And the moment came and the unction of the Holy Ghost was there and God was urging me and God was nudging me and God was prodding at me. But I missed my moment because I had become, it had become normal for me to not respond to what God was wanting to do. This week, while we were at Youth Congress on Friday night, I believe it was, one of the young ladies that was with our group that has never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost wanted wanted the Holy Ghost. She began to pray. She began to seek the Lord. We were praying, good things were happening. I won't share all the stories. We'll save them for tonight. We were laying hands on people. God had confirmed His Word several times in the service. It was one of the most powerful moves of God's Spirit that I'd ever been part of. And I'm praying. I saw the youth gathered around praying. They were praying just over to my right. And as the service was moving, somebody came over to where I was and said, Brother Jordan, we need you to come over here. Casey's wanting the Holy Ghost. We need you to come lay hands on her. She's not receiving it. And I turned and took a couple steps and ran into our friend John Reading. And I said, Brother Reading, come with me. We're going to go pray. God's going to fill this young lady with the Holy Ghost. We went over and started praying. She was right there. She was right on the verge of receiving the Holy Ghost. I mean, she was, on, she was in stammering lips. And I thought, surely God's going to fill her with the Holy Ghost right now. We laid hands on her, began to pray over her. She was in stammering lips. She prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and God didn't fill her with the Holy Ghost. And a few minutes later, uh, here comes a young man. He had Brother David Smith, and some of you know who Brother David Smith, the David Smith. He has seen tens of thousands Hundreds of thousands of people received the Holy Ghost in his ministry. Somebody had gone and found him in that congregation of 22,000. And here they come leading Brother David Smith over to where we were. Brother Smith came through and he came by and spoke to my wife and he saw me and I just kind of pointed at her and I said, she's yours. And he said, is it all right if I pray with her elder? And I said, he's older than I am. And I said, sure, Junior, go right ahead on. He got up there and began to pray with her. He prayed with her. He stopped her. He talked to her. Stopped her from praying and talked to her a little bit. And he said, the Holy Ghost is all over you. He said, what are you expecting to happen? And I'm not sure that he could hear what she was saying, but he was asking her, what are you expecting to happen? 
And he said, no, 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 no. Stop expecting it to happen your way. He said, there, he said the Holy Ghost has already been on you several times. And he said, God is wanting to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You know, I was thinking about some of you have seen me pull out the $20 bill. I can't do it around here anymore. You already know what I'm doing. And I pull out the $20 bill and give it to somebody and I lay it up here. And I go on about my message preaching. Well, you already know as soon as I lay it down, about 10 of you come running to the front. Because I gave it to you and you know you just got to come receive it. And that principle was kind of in, in place. God had already poured out the, her, the Spirit. He had already, He was all over her. The, the, the only issue, it wasn't a God issue not wanting to fill her with the Holy Ghost. It was an issue of receiving. And we tried to persuade her and cause her to understand the importance of receiving what God is wanting to give. And we prayed for her most of the night. She, she didn't receive the Holy Ghost. It was very rare. Brother Smith turned around and he said, we got to make her understand that God is more willing to give than she is to receive. And he said, when that happens, God's going to fill her with the Holy Ghost. He said, she's repented. She's hungry. But she's got it in her own mind how God's going to do it. And until she breaks her train of thought. And he said to me, she has become comfortable seeking for the Holy Ghost the way she's seeking for the Holy Ghost. And he said, when I give her direction, she's not following the direction that I give her because she's comfortable sitting by the pool. Now, I'm adding that in. See, she had become comfortable where she was. How many of us that God creates? Let me tell you, we don't create. We don't conjure up the Holy Ghost. It isn't some voodoo spell. It's when the praises of God go up and the glory of God comes down. And the moment is there for the miraculous to happen. But we have it in our own mind that it's got to be a certain person in the pulpit and a certain person with a microphone or a certain point in the service or a certain person laying hands on us and it's going to have to come in this order and this rhythm. And for 38 years, this man laid by the pool waiting to get in to the pool so that he could receive healing, watching other people receive healing. And he had become comfortable in his dilemma. Not He wasn't doing anything bad. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He had just gotten a mindset that this is the way it's always going to be. The waters were only troubled for a moment. And someone was healed. And the moment passed. Andy Stanley made a statement. We don't need to pray for more miracles. We just need to be more sensitive to the moments and the opportunities that God brings our way. The atmosphere for the miraculous happens often in our services. But if we're not careful, we become comfortable, reserved, unmoved, unresponsive 
And somebody says, I, I can't wait. Someday I'm going to get my miracle. And we're waiting for the, the, the Lord to come to where we are, grab us by the arm and pull us out in the pew and out in the aisle and pull us down to the front and throw us down in the floor. And, 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 and that's not how it's going to happen, boys and girls. How it's going to happen is in an environment when the Lord begins to move, when somebody says, I wonder if this is my moment. Well, pastor, what if it's not? Then you're going to leave the same way you're going to leave if you sit there. But at least you'll go home saying, boy, I did my best today. It must not have been God's plan and God's will. But I'm not going to allow God to move and God to do all the work. And I'm sitting unresponsive and unmoved. I refuse to miss my moment. When the moment comes, I'm going to respond. And when I respond, it may be that this is my moment. It may be that this is the time that God is wanting to send a word to me, send a a, a voice to me, send a healing to me. 38 years. He laid by the pool of Bethesda. Why is it that some people take advantage of moments when they come their way, while others just let opportunities pass them by? Some people have story after story of God doing this and God doing that. And people are like, is that for real? It is. They're more sensitive to the moment. Somebody said, well, they're just lucky or they were just at the right place at the right right time. I don't think luck or the right place at the right time has anything to do with it. They were just more sensitive to the moment that God is wanting to work. You may rehear this story tonight and if he tells it, act like it's the first time you heard it. We were getting ready to leave. The Sheraton Hotel yesterday in Oklahoma City. Now you have to understand the heavenly places that we've been in. And we were getting ready to leave the hotel in Oklahoma City. God did some marvelous things. I don't know that anybody there was any more hungry than what our young people were. My boys were so hungry for God and wanting what God was doing that every night I even have pictures of them as they were literally down at the stage. I saw Dylan with his hands reaching as far up on that stage as he could. Not that God couldn't do it in the nosebleed section. But their hunger was driving them. They were hungry for what God was doing. They wanted what God was going to do. And I saw and experienced some amazing things and some, some, some powerful, powerful moments during this youth congress we were getting ready to leave there was a man who had had surgery he was very sick at the hotel he was waiting out front I didn't see him my wife saw him Dylan saw him they were standing there looking and noticing I'm not exactly sure how the dialogue went but it went something along the lines of my wife saying to Dylan Dylan You see that poor man over there that is sick? And Dylan said, yeah, I'm fixing to go ask him if he wants to get healed. And so in his bashful, timid, 
passive manner. He charged out of those doors and walked up to that man, stood by him, wooed him for a few minutes, got him talking, introduced himself to him. He said, by the way, how would you like for me to lay hands on you and pray for you and for God to heal you? Pardon me if you think I'm just crazy this morning. I believe that the right response in that moment was all that God was waiting for. And the man looked at Dylan and he said, no, thank you. I'm okay like I am. How many people sit through a preached message, sit through a worship service when we're talking about a healer and a mighty God and a powerful How many people sit without having ever received the Holy Ghost when an opportunity has come? How would you like to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? No, thank you. How would you like to have your need met? No, thank you. How would you like to have that emotional situation that you've been struggling with for the last many years of your life dealt with right now tonight and you walk out of here free in your mind and free in your spirit and it changes the environment of your home and your family? How would you like for your sickness to be reversed? How would you like for your health to return? No, thank you. No, thank you. How many times do we miss the moment? I believe that God staged that entire thing at that hotel for me to come to you this morning to remind you that God sets up moments and at that moment God will not override your will but if you will say yes God has already said yes by his stripes we are healed Yes. I'll give you a little touch of what you may hear tonight. But I'm going to tell you that I stood and I watched as the mantle of healing fall from the rafters of that big arena and fell around the shoulders of my son the night before and I never spoke a word to him that God of what I had seen in the presence of the Holy Ghost and that God had placed the gift of healing upon him and I remained silent I didn't speak it to him but the next day God confirmed it When he said, how would you like for me to lay hands on you and God heal you? But we play it down. Well, it's just a kid wanting to come out here. He's all hyped up. He's all pumped up. I don't believe that for a moment. I believe there is a sick man in Oklahoma City who missed his moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment.
Pastor, yeah, that's pretty bold. Now, what if Dylan would have prayed for him and he wouldn't have gotten healed? He would have left the same way he left. Sick. But what if? <laughs> what if it was his moment? Well, I just don't feel like it today. Guarantee you 100% of the time that you're going to be right. Well, I just don't believe today's my day, so I'm not going to respond. You're going to be right. I don't believe this is my moment. You know what? You're going to be right. But if you can muster up enough courage and enough faith to believe. You know what? It may not be my moment, but you know what? I'm going to believe that it is my moment because I'm tired of carrying the sickness. I'm tired of carrying the depression. I'm tired of carrying the addiction. I'm tired of carrying what I'm carrying. This load I'm carrying, I've carried it too long. I've got to have some help. Maybe, just maybe, this is my moment. Maybe this is my moment, and I'm not going to let the moment Pass me by. Here's what's so bad about this text. Jesus showed up. And he wasn't even sure if the man wanted healing. He was at the right place. He was seeing miracles happen all around him. Jesus comes walking up and he had to ask him, do you, do you want to be made whole? It's bad when the Lord doesn't even know. 38 years we start living a lifestyle of sickness. A lifestyle. When Jesus wasn't even... Obviously the man had stopped looking for opportunity. He didn't expect it to happen. Can I ask you a question today? Do you expect it to happen? I'm going to church again, and right after church, I'm going to deal with my sickness, my disease, my problems, my financial struggles, my family situation. Because we don't even come to the house of God expecting it to happen. Well, Pastor, I've come and gone. You know, I guess maybe I've been around for a while. I've come and gone many times. I've seen people come and get prayed for and leave that way many, many times. And you're going to see it again. Because sometimes we're going to ask and we're asking amiss. Because it's not God's plan. It's not God's time. It's not God's purpose. But once in a while, it's going to be the moment. And here's the issue. If I have sickness in my body, you know when I'm going to get prayed for? Every opportunity. You know why? I don't want to miss my moment. 
Well, it's Sunday morning. It may be the moment that I'm going to respond even on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Monday night. Whenever it is, I'm going to respond because I don't want to miss my moment. Watch the thinking thought process of a man. Sir, what will thou be made whole? Would you let me heal you? The sick man's confidence was in man. Sir, I have no man to put me in. I guess it could happen, but nobody around here really cares anyway. Where's your confidence? I guess it could happen, but, you know, I don't really have that many friends. Don't really have anybody to help me. He said, I have no man to put me in. It may not be that the entire service is going to be geared around you. It may not be that everybody in the congregation is going to come lay hands on you. It may not even be that the pastor comes and lays hands on you but when Jesus shows up and you are ready and you don't miss the moment there's not a devil in hell that can stop you and there's certainly not a man that can stop you when you respond in that moment's time I want you to understand that God will work if we will let him work in our midst I'm tired of waiting on somebody else. Let me preach to those who are always waiting for someone else. If you're always waiting for somebody else to move, you're going to miss a lot of moments. When God begins to move in a service and you feel it and you're sensitive to it and you're always waiting, well, if four or five people will respond, I might respond. You're going to miss a lot of moments. If you're the first one to be sensitive to feel what God's wanting to do and you're like, yep, it's about to break out in here, why don't you be the first responder? Why don't you be the, God's urging you and nudging you. It may be your moment to step out and to lead in worship. It may be your moment to receive your healing because you stop waiting for another man to respond so that you can respond. If eight or ten will come forward, I might come forward for my healing. Why don't you quit waiting on another man? Why don't you start responding to the Holy Ghost? If it'll sing it one more time. Oh, if it'll just get a little more strong, a little more powerful. Stop waiting on another man. Jesus is here. My moment can't be based on your response. I'm going to wrap this up. Jesus worked in an unconventional and unexpected way. <laughs> well, I guarantee you, 
They sing that one song, you know, my favorite. They sing my favorite song tonight. Whew. That water gets troubled. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start trying to see if I can't get in. When Jesus shows up, you don't even need troubled water. When your moment comes, it's not about troubled water. When Jesus shows up, you don't need a man. All you need is a visitation. Because where there is a visitation from the Lord, there will be a word from the Lord. And when he showed up for a visitation by the pool of Bethesda and asked him, Sir, wilt thou be made whole? And he said, I have no man to put, him, to put me in. Jesus didn't go any further. He just turned to him and said, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. man had a choice are you going to help me am I going to lose am I going to lose all the attention that I get here by the pool how am I going to pay my bills next week when they quit dropping change in because I'm crippled There's so many questions a man could have asked, and the Lord just spoke a word and said, Take up the rise, take up the bed and walk. His moment had come. He had a choice. <laughs> well, that's easy for you to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk. I've been laying here for 38 years. If you understand what it means when the Holy Ghost shows up, and you understand the power of a moment. There is no telling what could happen. When a nudge of the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And you respond to what God wants to do. However many thousand, I've heard so many different reports, 22,000, 24,000, an arena full of people. So proud of our youth group, our student pastor. They got there early, real early, first ones in the door. I said about as far as from here to the sound booth from the stage, two nights in a row. 22,000 people, some people sitting in the nosebleed. We were right down where it was happening. Altar service was going on. Powerful message had been preached by Bishop Stan Gleason. The Lord was nudging me to go lay hands on my boys, and I looked up and saw both of them. They were standing right on the edge of the stage. It was a heavy crowd. I began to try to weasel and push my way through and wiggle and ask, excuse me, and people were getting frustrated because they wanted up there as well. And I, I would just say, excuse me, I've got to get to my son. Excuse me, I've got to get to my son. And as I was going through, I got about 10 or 12 feet from my son, and I ran into Clark Reading. It's Brother John Reading's middle son. 
The last several times I've been around him, I've noticed God doing something special in his life. My heart has gone out deeply for him because of some things that I just sensed about him that God needs to work in his life and he needs to overcome. I'm on my way to my boys and I was going to have to go over to the right about 12 or 15 feet, push through some more people to get over there. And I just kept feeling that nudge to go over and pray for him. I walked over to where he was, laid hands on him, prayed for him, started walking away back over to where my boys were. And just as I got to my boys, I looked back and I saw him hands lifted and he was weeping. And the Lord spoke a word into my spirit for him. I prayed for Dylan first and I went over and prayed for Spencer. We were there for a long time praying. After praying for a while, I went back and started looking for Clark. I couldn't find him. That night at the hotel, I ran into his dad and I said, Brother Reedy, I said, I, I, the Lord spoke a word into my spirit tonight during prayer service. Clark. Brother Reedy looked at me and said, well, did you speak it to him? I said, I couldn't find him. He said, okay. Friday night service was going on, the most powerful move of the Holy Ghost that we had experienced. People's worshiping, praying, people's getting the Holy Ghost. Things are happening all over the building. All of a sudden, I felt somebody start hitting me on the back of my arm. I turned around to look, and there stands Clark. He's looking up at me. He said, my dad said you have a word for me. I said, yes, I do. So I spoke some things to him that the Lord has spoken to me. I said, I'm going to lay hands on you and I'm going to pray for you. And when I pray for you, I want you to receive what God is wanting to do and what he's wanting to impart to you. I laid hands on him, started praying for him. And after I prayed for him for a few minutes, I opened my eyes and looked up. Standing about 12 feet from me to the left, standing looking right straight to where I was, was Brother Rashidi Collins. Some of you were out at the camp, campus when Brother Collins showed up one night. Remember Brother Collins? His son, about 12, 14 years old, was standing over on the side, and he was just standing there watching me as I was praying for Clark. And I looked over at Judah, and the Lord said he's suffering from the same things Clark's suffering from. Looked over, I said, come here, Judah. I said, yeah, you. I said, come over here to where, come over here. Security was there and they stopped. He can't come down to where you are. I said, come up here to the banister and lean over. Clark, get up here real close. So they're up here leaning over. And I introduced the two of them and I said, Judah, I want you to lay hands on Clark. And I spoke to Judah what the Lord's wanting to do for Clark. And I said, Judah, the Lord wants to do the same thing for you. Tears are rolling down these boys' faces. I said, I'm going to lay hands on both of you and pray, pray. And I said, Judah, I want you to pray for Clark. We started praying. It went on for just a few moments of prayer. And all of a sudden, the, the Holy Ghost just... <laughs> Judah started praying. I mean powerful. He didn't pray like a 12-year-old. He started praying powerful in prayer. The Holy Ghost began to began to move and they were receiving what God had for them and the Lord said challenge me for a word of confirmation 
I know some of you right now are thinking our pastor's gone crazy. I laid hands on the two of them. I said, God, confirm what I just spoke to these boys. Confirm it in them right now. And at that very moment, I'm not talking about 10 minutes later, the next service. At that very moment, as soon as it came out of my mouth, Brother Lee Stone King picked up the microphone and he said, I want everybody in the building to listen to me. He said, God is wanting to impart some things to some young people. He said, fear and intimidation has just been cast down. He began to speak the exact I don't mean a variation of the words that I had spoken to these boys. I'm telling you that he spoke the exact words. He's on a stage with 22,000 people with decibels at 134. That sounds like a jet engine. You're right. And I'm 400 feet from where he's at. He didn't hear me. Nobody sent a message to him. He didn't get a Twitter post. But God confirmed his word. And when God confirmed his word at that very moment, of course, those boys just absolutely erupted. As God, as I spoke, God confirmed your word and God absolutely confirmed the word through Lee Stong King. And when he confirmed his word and they began to respond, I said, that's it. God confirmed his word to you. And the Lord spoke into my spirit and he said, I did not confirm my word for their sake. I confirmed my word for your sake. Because you didn't even know if it was your moment. There is the issue that we're so afraid that we're going to miss our moment that we miss our moment because we're afraid it's not our moment. But I come here to, today to tell you that if you'll take a step of faith and say, you know what, if this is not my moment, it's not my moment. But if it is my moment, God, you're not waiting on me any longer. I know the hour is getting late, but if somebody in this room today would respond to what God is wanting to do in this house, this could be your moment. You could walk out of here differently than the way that you walked in because the Holy Ghost has been here for the last hour and a half trying to move and trying to work. And some of us have waited and said, well, I'll catch it at another time. I'll catch it at another season. I'll catch it at another moment. But this may be the moment that God is wanting to speak into your spirit. It may be the moment that God is wanting to speak into your spirit. He's wanting to bring healing and hope and deliverance to you. It, no matter what it is you need this morning, if you'll begin to reach out to Him, He's here. Fear and doubt must go. Let faith arise in the house today.
on, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. Spirit break Go ahead and receive what the Lord has for you today. Go ahead and receive it this morning. Heaven come down. Spirit break out. Come on, that's it. Listen to the cry of these of this congregation this morning. Listen to the cry of this congregation this morning. We're not going to miss another moment. We're not going to miss another moment. Yes. It's not coming. It's here. It's not on the way. It's present. 